0: Hey guys, it's Alana, and welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. Okay, so a few weeks ago, I reflected on things, you know, I said, I did a post, 28 things I learned before I turned 28. And some of these things have really been sticking with me, and I don't know if you guys saw the post or not, but in case you didn't, I want to share one that has really stuck out, and it's something that I you know, I, since I wrote it down, I keep catching myself saying it to other people and trust me, I'm not taking credit for this phrase, for this concept. Um, I am not the inventor of it. So just putting that out there, that's obvious, but in case anyone was concerned that I'm saying this is mine, it's not. Um, this has really been, I think impacting me and, and something that I've wanted to, you know, share. And it's what somebody says about you says more about them. And I think that relates to every aspect of our lives, our, you know, our friendships, our romantic relationships, our careers, like people we work with and people who see us on the internet, people who don't even know us, people who went on one date with us or saw us on a dating app and made a snap judgment. What somebody says about you says more about them. And I think it goes the same way with, you know, the opposite. What somebody doesn't say, says more about them. And that's something I, I think keeps coming up into play with people getting ghosted. It's like, it is fucking wild to me that I self to make content about ghosting. I still have to talk about ghosting. Like we all know at this point that ghosting sucks and that we don't like to be ghosted and we want to abolish and ban and rid the world of ghosting in the dating world forever. But people are still getting ghosted. People are still ghosting. And I have a lot of you coming to me lately saying like, How do I not take this personally? Like, how do I move on from somebody who ghosted me? Because there's no closure and I don't know what I did wrong. And I think what I, you know, always have to remind myself and what I continuously have been reminding you guys is two things. One, them ghosting says everything about them and nothing about you. It does not say you did something wrong. It doesn't say there's something you shouldn't have said or something you should have said or something you could have done better or could have done differently. No, it says that they literally don't have it in them to do the right thing and communicate and let you know with it takes 10 seconds to write this text or it takes five seconds to copy and paste it from their notes app that they're glad they met you but they're not interested in pursuing a romantic relationship any further that's all that's all it takes so them not being able to send that text and do the decent kind human thing says everything about them it does not say anything about you. It does not say that you're not worthy of love. It does not say that every other person you want to date with is going to ghost you. It does not say that you did something wrong or something is wrong with you. No. It says that this person could not communicate openly and honestly. Guess what that also says about this person? That also says that there's no world in which they would have been ready for a actual mature relationship. If they can't even communicate the bare minimum from the start this is not somebody who you would have wanted to date and you deserve so much more than that. So I just wanted to remind everyone on that. I feel like there's such something in the air, like something so bad in the air with dating right now. And I've been hearing it from my friends. I've been hearing it from you guys and I really feel for you. And I wish I had a magic wand and could change it and could make it better. Um, But please just try and remember that You're all like worthy of love. You're all worthy of having the romantic relationships that you want and you're all doing the best you can. And if you're not, that's okay. We all have our days where we can't do the best we can, but just keep trying and keep pushing through. All that being said, you guys, I have been absolutely loving all of the emotional support human sessions and the profile revamps that I've been doing. Like, it's so great that I literally like, I stopped freelancing and I cleared my schedule to be able to do these and you guys have shown up for them and it is so awesome i'm so enjoying connecting with you guys hearing what's going on in your dating lives of course everything we talk about there is confidential so not going to give examples here but if you guys don't know emotional support human sessions anytime you have a dating question um there's something going on in your dating life that you want my expert opinion on or you know you want an opinion that's not your friends or you don't want to talk to your friends about it or you really just need help and don't know what to do um or you just want to vent or you know you have specific questions about why you're not getting matches on your dating profile or you know what types of different dates you should be going on, whatever it is. I got you covered. Book an emotional support human session with me. Link is in the bio. Same thing with your dating app profile. If you think it needs a facelift, if you think it needs a makeover, if you think you're not attracting the right types of people and you're feeling really burnt out from the dating apps, maybe it is time for a profile refresh and revamp. You can book that below too. And of course, as always, you guys, I love you so much. I love this job. I love doing this. And if there's ever anything that I have said, either in an episode, uh, past or present, or on the Instagram account, in a video, in a tweet, in an AMA, if there's ever something I've said that has really helped you, really resonated with you, really gotten you through a tough time and you want to get back, you can always buy me a coffee. It's so simple. It's so easy. That link is also below and I appreciate it so much. Without further ado, today's episode is with Rabbi Manus Friedman. He is a world-renowned rabbi and very famous in the Orthodox community. And I know I'm not an Orthodox Jew. I know I'd say 99.9% of you guys, maybe 100, are not Orthodox Jews either. But I love hearing different people's perspectives on love, on marriage, on romance. And this is such an interesting episode. And Rabbi Friedman has so many interesting insights and you know thoughts on dating. Some of them I don't agree with. And some of them I do push back on and others i kind of just hear what he's saying and sit with them because i really like learning about different cultures and you know why people date the way they date and why people you know are on different timelines in their culture and their religions whatever it may be i love learning these things and so this is really an episode for us to learn and to you know maybe open our minds to different perspectives that we may not have thought of before so uh thank you rabbi Friedman, for coming on the show and let's get into the episode If you are anything like me and you are going on a date, you're probably like nervous, but also excited, but just like really want to have a good time. Don't want to screw anything up. And you get like the pre-date jitters. Um, for me there were two things that I would do to help with those pre-date jitters I would always call a friend for a little pump-up speech and I would also take a happy gummy from mindset wellness CBD before my date it would help me stay in the right mood being excited being present but it would also take away that layer of nerves that was going to stop me from being my best self on the date I love the happy gummies they are incredible they taste great they don't make you feel high or anything like that they just make you feel like the best version of Yourself, so try them today. Definitely recommend trying them before a date. Mindsetwellnesscbd.com. Use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That will get you twenty percent off and free shipping. All right, Rabbi Manus Friedman. It is such an honor to have you here. I have to start by asking. You know, of course, you wear so many hats as a rabbi. You have so much involvement in the community and in people's lives and, and helping people navigate every aspect of their lives. But one thing you have done is you are a relationship coach. And so I'm curious, what about relationships, you know, made you want to learn more about them and really help people through them?
1: It's a long, long story, but it began about 54 years ago um, when I realized that some of the fundamentals of Jewish tradition are not about religion, they're just about life. And without it, we're missing a chunk of life. And particularly when it came to marriage. Because without a little holiness, marriage is a disaster. (laughs) It is not a good idea. It's either godly or it's hell. (laughs) Like it's not just a good idea. So we started talking about it. And then in 1971, we started this program called Beis Chana in Minnesota. And women from all over the world came for a crash course on Judaism. Mm -hmm. And it always ended up being a conversation about marriage about relationships, getting into a marriage, getting out of a marriage, but that remained a constant. So speaking to 20,000 women about marriage, you learn something. You also learn what the tragedies are. So recently, I discovered this shocking little detail that happily married people suffer from loneliness and that doesn't make any sense at all. How can you be alone in the world when you're married and, and happily married? So these people would tell me either the man or the woman would say, I have no complaints. My marriage is great, perfectly happy. Everything's." But you know, once in a while, in a quiet moment, I feel alone in the world, and it's a terrible feeling. So I had to do a little deeper search. What's missing here? What is this? How can you be happily married and feel alone in the world? Because the one thing marriage is supposed to do is never leave you alone again doesn't sound too good. But it never leaves you feeling alone again. Mm -hmm. So if you're happily married and feeling alone, there is some ingredient that is essential to marriage that just isn't there. And that is the intimacy. So functionally, it's a good marriage. No complaints. They get along, they communicate, All the things they tell you to do to improve your marriage is there. And it's not a marriage. They're alone. Alone. Which means that that bond, that intimacy is supposed to produce, never took. So once in a while, the couple will air their differences and complaints and so on. And then say, So, do you think we should get divorced? And I'm thinking, maybe you should try getting married. (laughs) Wow. Because you, you haven't gotten there yet. And part of it is what you mentioned earlier off, off, off the air. Do you really want to be a wife? If you're getting married, you really want to be a wife. What are you doing? You don't want to be a wife. You want to be a glamorous woman wives are not glamorous. You want to be a husband? Really? A husband? The biggest nerds in the world? No, you want to be a sophisticated, suave, charismatic male. You don't want to be a a husband. So why do you bother getting married? Oh, Oh, right. What is marriage? Forgot to ask that one. Why are you getting married? This young couple come to me and they say, we're very much in love and we want to get married. Would you do the wedding? I said, you're in love? They said, yes. I said, well, then there's no purpose in getting married. What are you getting married for? For love? You already have it. So what is the marriage going to add? Well, it's gonna be a commitment. What do you need a commitment for when you have love? You wanna to commit to staying married even if you don't love? You have no intentions of doing that. So what? what is the commitment?
0: Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. When you're dating, it can be so easy to get caught up in the stress and anxiety of every situation. Why aren't they communicating? Why didn't they text me back? Am I getting ghosted? Why is this happening again? Why can't someone commit? I've asked myself all of these questions too, more times than I can count. You wouldn't believe what happens when you approach these situations with a different mindset and focus on solutions instead of problems. I started therapy because I was so stuck on the problems in my dating life. My therapist helped me learn why I was ending up in the same situations over and over and helped me come up with a different way and a different mindset to approach dating. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists anytime. Whether you want to be a better problem solver or a better dater, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com otherpeople today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash other people. I have to give a quick shout out to Anchor. If you don't know about Anchor, it's Spotify's podcast platform and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Trust me. Let me tell you why. First of all, it's free. And you know I love free. Second of all, their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast directly from your phone or computer. What could be easier than that? Anchor also distributes your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and anywhere else you want it played. You can also make money from your podcast no matter how few downloads you get regularly. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hope you love today's episode.
1: You promise to love each other forever. That's a ridiculous promise to make. You can't make such a promise. You don't know how you're going to feel tomorrow. You can't promise to love. So what's marriage for? You see, when we don't have definitions, we get ourselves in trouble. So why are you dating? Why are you marrying? Why are men interested in women? Leave them alone why are women interested in men mind your own business what, what are we doing and where did this crazy notion that a man should marry a woman who came up with that
0: i have so many questions <laughs> my mind is racing <laughs> and i want to so badly stick to like what i wanted to initially talk about but now there are so many new things that I want to ask.
1: You know, the, you know the book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus?
0: Uh, no, but I think I need to read that.
1: Very popular book at the time. Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. About a 300-page book. I'm not going to read it. Because after reading the title, there's no way you can make sense of <laughs> this. Yep. You're going to spend 300 pages telling you how a man can marry a woman? No. If you're from Mars and I'm from Venus, close the book and let's go home.
0: There's no hope. You have a point there.
1: So what is this marriage thing? Love and marriage go together like a horse and carriage. No, they don't stop it.
0: So why do people get married then?
1: (sighs) That's such a good question
0: because and I, and I'm glad that it that we're talking about this because and I'm seeing this so much lately I'm in my late 20s now every single weekend I have another friend getting engaged or another wedding to go to and it seems like it's all happening where well everyone else is doing it so every so we need to be doing it too and I do wonder with so many of these couples, and of course, I want that. I want it to work. I want them to have a life filled with love and happiness and, and a marriage that is so strong and works, but some of it just doesn't make sense to me. It's like, well, should they be getting married? I mean, who am I to say? But it seems like, especially in this time in our lives, people just think it's the thing to do.
2: It is the thing to do. Question is why? Mm -hmm. So, I'm not saying marriage is wrong. I'm saying that if you don't know what it is, how do you expect to be good at it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, why get married? So, if you look in the Torah,
1: where all our fundamental wisdom comes from, if you're looking for real bottom line wisdom, what does it say? It says, therefore should a man leave his father and mother, cleave to his wife, and become one flesh. That's all you need to know. Marriage means become one. If you have no intentions of becoming one, don't get married. If you want to remain yourself, living side by side with another person, just pay part of the rent. Don't get married. So what does it mean to become one? Well, first of all, if you become one with another person, you're never alone. The other person will always be there. You're married. You're, you're joined at the hip. So that's what marriage is. Marriage is a reunion That's that's an important, uh, important detail there. It's not a union, it's a reunion, both of souls and bodies. It's a reunion of souls because every marriage engages two parts of a same soul, divided at birth into male and female, finding each other and reuniting. Mm -hmm.
2: That's what we mean by soulmate. Soulmate doesn't mean someone who gets you excited. Soulmate means this is another part of your soul. So you were once one
1: and you want to go back to that oneness. So it's a reunion on the soul level. In the body level, male and female energies were never meant to be in separate bodies. A total human being, a complete human being, is both male and female.
2: Because when God created Adam, it was male and female.
1: Male and female, he created him. Then God separated them. Delicate operation. And it wasn't a rib, I don't know
2: where that came from, I think that's the New Testament. It wasn't a rib, it was a side, meaning male
1: and female in in the body of the first human being were like two sides of a coin. One side was male, one side was female. They shared a spine. So the operation was to separate them, give each their own spine, and then heal it up. So even physically, male and female were once one and should be one.
2: The separation was not an improvement. Any separation is going the wrong direction.
1: The whole purpose of the universe is to be universe, to find more union, more connection, more oneness. Any separation is going in the unholy direction. So it was not an improvement, it's not like, ah, we were once one body, ooh, that's weird. Now that we're separated, we're normal, no. So right after separating the male and the female, God says, now get married and become one. Well, we were one. You separate us and now you want us to become one?
2: What is the point of that? So here's where we get romantic. The man and the woman were one, inseparably one, Siamese twins, but back to back. They never saw each other. God said,
1: That's a very intense oneness,
2: not good enough.
1: So he separates them and says, now become one, but face-to-face. That is so romantic. That's intimacy. When you are joined back-to-back, you're very much joined. It's a union, Mm -hmm. but
2: it's not intimate. It's not intimate. I don't even know what you look like. Face-to-face. That's intimate. Now, intimacy
1: means, The ability to get past all things and connect to someone. Put aside things and connect to someone. So God says, Therefore should a man leave his mother and father, cleave to his wife and become one. Cleave to her why? For what? With whom? Irrelevant. The point is, cleave to each other, anything that you value could get in the way of intimacy. If it's very important to you that your husband be tall, dark, and handsome, that could kill the relationship because you don't want him. You want tall, you want dark, and you want handsome. What about him?
2: Well, if he's not tall, dark, and handsome, I don't need him. Should be the other way around. I need him.
1: If he's tall, that's good. If he's dark, that's good. And if he's handsome, that's good.
2: Because then I will have him. A man says to a woman, I want to marry you for your money. You have money. I like money. Match made in heaven. Why is that offensive? It is. Why? Why is that offensive? And I ask these women, groups, groups of
1: women, why is that offensive? And they say, well, what's going to happen when the money runs out? Is that your problem? (laughs) You don't have enough money for the guy you're marrying? It's offensive because if I say to you, I want to marry you for your money. I'm saying, I don't want you.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I just want the money. But you're not going to give it to me, are you? No. You're going to demand marriage. So fine, I'll marry you. But I don't want you. I want the money. And that's why if the money runs out, there's no relationship.
0: Right.
2: It was always the money. It was never you. You without money is clutter. Get out of my life. Now why, if I want to marry you
1: for love, why is that any better? I don't want you. I want love. Just give me love. it will be so nice. But no, you have to have opinions. You have to have personality. You have to have moods. I didn't marry you for that. Just the love, stick to the love. No love? Get out of the house. I married the love. I didn't marry you. So why do we get married? Cause we think we can't have the love without marriage. Well, it used to be, you couldn't have the sex without marriage. So did you marry me? Or did you marry sex? It was, it was a serious problem. Yeah. What does it mean to marry someone? Not for money, not for love, not for looks, not for sex, not for family, you know, a family of origin for yichus. I'm going to marry into a rich family, a famous family. None of that. I just need someone, not some part of someone. Because parts are things. Intimacy is a non thing. So if you ask your grandmother what happens in the bedroom, the grandmother says nothing. You say come on tell me I'm 48. I'm old enough. Tell me what goes on in the bedroom?
2: Nothing. That's the right answer. A bedroom? What goes on? There's no what. There's just who. It's just them. So what's going to happen? Nothing's going to happen. They're going to be one. With nothing coming between them. In other words, intimacy means I don't need
1: something to join me to you. I don't need money. I don't need looks. I don't need love. I don't need anything to justify cleaving to you. Because in order to not be alone, I have to have someone, not something. So if I have your money, and I have your love, and I have your family, and I have your, I'm still alone with a bunch of things. So what does it mean to marry the person and not something about the
2: person? Take away all the things, what's left to a person? If you ask that question, then you know what the real problem is. We can't get past things. We've become so materialistic. Take away things, there's nothing left. That's very sad. That is real materialism. It's like material or nothing. Everybody knows when your husband is out of town, you miss him. You miss him. Well, what about him do you miss? What do you mean? He is not here. I miss him. Well, what do you miss about him? Question doesn't even make sense. I just told you I miss him. Oh, so you do know. You do know that there is
1: a him besides all the things. But
2: only when he's not there. (laughs) As soon as he walks in the door, take out the garbage. Intimacy means I don't need anything, but without you I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not me. So what do I need from you? No, not from you. I need you. To do what? To be in my life and do nothing. That way I won't be
1: disappointed. <laughs>
0: now
1: you have no distractions.
0: With all that said, how do you know what to look for or how to assess chemistry? The
1: things that no one could tell you, except you. But the main purpose is to check out the chemistry. You have to have good chemistry, but good chemistry doesn't mean sexually exciting because that again is like generic. Good chemistry means how the man you're sitting with makes you feel about yourself, non-verbally not with his compliments, just in his presence you feel comfortable being a woman. And in your presence, he feels comfortable being a man. That is good chemistry. So uh, how he makes you feel about yourself. If he makes you comfortable being you, wow, that's good chemistry. And it's not going to happen with every good looking guy. So that's what you're really looking for. Then in the good old traditional fashion, a man feeling comfortable with a woman means I can see myself taking care of her for the rest of my life and enjoying it. Oh, that makes me a husband, doesn't it? A woman is thinking, oh, this guy, I would trust him my eyes closed, lean on him, follow him, support him. Isn't that what a wife is? <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. And not the other way around. If you're sitting with a guy and you're thinking, Oh, he's so sweet, I'll take care of him for the rest of my life. You're not talking marriage, you're talking adoption.
2: Right.
1: You want to adopt him like a puppy but the woman in you is not going to be content. And if a guy is thinking, wow, she's amazing. I would follow her to the end of the world. Yeah, but she wants a husband, not a stray dog.
2: So it's
1: very basic, very simple, very natural no magic no no religious ceremonies it's all real now without god telling us to get married we would never do it what for any benefits you can get you can get without being married came as a shock You know, you can have sex without being married. Never thought of that. You know, you can have children without being married. Came as a shock. Yes, you can have all the benefits, all the things without being married. So why are you getting married? The final clincher is, why did God create us in the first place? Again, this is so romantic. It's, God says it is not good to be alone. He's talking about himself. He's like saying, you know why I created you? Because it's not good to be alone. I have everything. I am God. I need nothing. I am missing nothing. But there's just me. And for some divine reason, that's not good enough. It's mysterious.
2: What's not enough about being perfect? What more do you want? You're perfect. Yeah, but it's just me. So,
1: that's because you're so perfect. (laughs) see, perfection is kind of sterile. It's a dead end. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Once you're perfect, you got no place to go.
2: So what is good about being perfect? Nothing. It's awesome. It's impressive. Is it good? What's good about it? Goodness
1: doesn't begin until there is someone else someone else and in order to be someone else you have to have free choice because if you don't have free choice you're not someone else you're just his clone mm-hmm. so you cannot marry your dog because a dog is just your shadow of course he's going to love you of course he's going to be loyal of course he's going to follow you but it's not because he can He must, that's his instinct. So to marry someone means you have to marry someone who can love you, but can also hate you. So you can't marry a tree because the tree can't love you. And you can't marry a dog because the dog can't hate you. You have to marry a guy from Mars weird kind of creature who can either love you or hate you, with with equal ease. That means he's not you. That means he's someone else. That's what you want in your life. Someone who is not you. But we don't want that. We just want the goodies that come with that someone, but we don't want the someone. We don't tolerate another opinion. We don't tolerate another mood. We don't tolerate another personality. Just the money, just the love, just the sex. What is you, I'm not interested in. Now our grandparents, and this is the last thing I'm gonna say, grandparents were married and divorce was unheard of.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And people say, well, yeah, they were stuck with each other. Doesn't mean they were happy. They were happy with each other. They disagreed about everything. So they bickered for 80 years and would never think of getting divorced because their differences were only about things. There was never a doubt that you should be in my life. But why do you have to be like your mother? (laughs) So we have the opposite we love everything about the other, we just don't need the other.
2: Right. That's where you end up feeling alone.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point. And I do see the reasoning behind, like you could still want to be with somebody and be married to them for who they are and and for being like one with them, but then disagree on all these things. So I guess my question is, in terms of those disagreements, are there conversations you should have with somebody in those stages before getting married that would help determine, first help make sure that like, okay, this is my soulmate. This is the person I should be with. And then also help set your relationship up for success.
1: If you're not looking for something which means you're not looking to make yourself more perfect, then you're available to the other. As long as you're thinking self-improvement, you're not available to others.
2: So dating, it's interesting that dating has become like a
1: trial marriage. It's way too intense. It's almost an alternative lifestyle you can date all your life yeah you're not going to be lonely you're just going to be alone you know the line from the piano man they're sharing a drink they call loneliness but it's better than drinking alone Mm -hmm. you see loneliness you can share two lonely people get together they're not lonely But then they go home and they realize they're not just lonely, they're alone and that you can't share. So if you spend your life dating one man, one woman, but you're just dating, you're not marrying, what's missing? And why is it that after living together for six or seven years, and then you decide to get married, the divorce rate among those people is greater than the divorce rate among people who did not live together. Why is that?
0: Can I take a guess? Sure. Is it because you're hoping that in that time, there will be this like light bulb switch of like, oh, I should marry this person, or like that answer would come to you? and you wait and you wait and you wait and it doesn't but then you get married anyway because you think that's what you should do at that point
1: might as well (laughs) yeah that's that's numbing Mm -hmm. but also living together for eight years tells you nothing about intimacy Then you get married and it's supposed to be about intimacy, but you're not good at that. You're just good at dating. And to make that switch after years of habit of being a good date, not likely to become a good husband or wife. Different talent, different part of the heart, different emotion, it's different. And that's why you never know what kind of a husband a man is going to be until he's a
2: husband. Because before that, he was never a husband. The same with a wife.
0: What if you become married, he becomes your husband, and he's a horrible husband? Or you become a wife and you're a horrible wife?
1: Why... I mean, obviously the answer is get divorced, but no, first you work on it. You try, you go for counseling, you go for help. Why? Because you know, this is your soulmate. So you try whatever you can to make it livable. If it's not your soulmate and it turns out you don't like each other. what's the problem? Say goodbye and go home. The tragedy of divorce is that you married your soulmate and now you're divorcing your soulmate. Not just, oops, made a mistake. So, dating is not a relationship. The person you're dating is a stranger. And as a stranger, you don't share intimate information with them. You don't tell someone you're dating things that even your mother doesn't know. You talk to a date the way you would talk to a stranger. Polite, respectful, non-committal. When you're dating, you are being completely and totally selfish. You're just checking him out to see if you approve. Pretty selfish. You shouldn't go there trying to make a good impression. Because what do you care what he thinks of you? He is nobody in your life. So if he doesn't want to marry you, that's perfectly okay. So to make it a little bit, a little over the top dramatic, dating is like window shopping. have anything I could be interested in? No? Fine. I will move on to the next window. Nothing personal. Nothing emotional. No breaking up. No heartbreak. There's no attachment. You went into a shoe store. You asked for a type of shoe and they don't have it in your size. Okay. Bye. Now, once you find that this person really appeals to you and all the things we talked about before. Then you get married and you switch from selfish to selfless. So when you're dating, it's completely selfish. No need to apologize for that because that's what it's meant to be. If you have no intentions of getting married within five years or so, what do you do in the meantime? Well, in the meantime, you date. No, that's not called dating. That's called trial marriage. That's called practice run. And that should never happen. There are no trial partial marriages, alternative marriages. If you're not intending to get married within five years, don't date. Don't.
0: Yeah. You're just setting yourself and other people up to get hurt.
1: and you gain nothing, you really don't. Yeah. Well, at least I'm not lonely. I not you have other friends. So I think if we follow the rules, you have a good chance of winning the
2: game.
0: Yeah. Of all of the dating and relationship advice that you've heard and that you've given What do you think is like the number one piece of wisdom that you have?
1: Don't get married until you're perfect. Because if you're not perfect, you're looking for something. And it's going to be a disaster. You get married when you don't need anything anymore. You don't want to hear about anything anymore. You just don't want to be by yourself. Like God god was first perfect then he created us of course we're not going to be perfect like him but you know what i mean
0: yeah perfect where you feel good about who you are you feel confident about who you are in the life you've built and you want someone to share it with
1: so if you wake up in the morning and you look in the mirror and you're fascinated don't get married but if you look in the mirror and you like, you again, I already know you. Time for a new face in the mirror. Now you're getting married. So marriage is not about you. It's about being bigger than you. When are you ready to be bigger than you? When you don't want anything
0: anymore. We love that. Rabbi Friedman, thank you so much for being here. It has been an honor and this has been such an amazing conversation. I, like I said in the beginning, like I have so many things that are now like just spinning through my brain. Um, And I think there's a lot of truth to so many things that you said and, and so many ways that we can be setting ourselves up to experience less pain in our search for our soulmate and and for the person that we do want to marry for the right reason. So thank you so much for being here. Um, Is there anything that I haven't asked or anything that you're working on right now that you would like to share with everyone?
1: The male and female identities. I'm sure you know that it's in crisis. It's in the ICU. It's in mortal danger. We need, we need to be healthy males and healthy females. Otherwise look what happens. So, if you want to pursue that topic, people can go online. it's goodtoknow.org, and uh, look for dating advice, uh, dating boot camp, uh, male-female. Look it up. There's so much wisdom in the male and female identities. Just knowing it is a blessing. So check it out.
0: And I will link that in the show notes and I will be sure to link that on Instagram stories as well. Rabbi Friedman, thank you again so much. And to everyone who listened, thank you so much for tuning in and we will talk to you next time.